This is Mission Qualphone, a monthly podcast that takes you inside the workings of our company, but not just the ins and outs of business. We look at the ideas and insights that make Qualphone truly unique. As a company, we are committed to being the best and making each person's life better. Join us as we get to know and learn from people from across the organization. What's their story? What have they learned? And how do they live out Qualphone's mission? Welcome to Mission Qualphone. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Mission Qualphone podcast. Hello, Jeremy. Hi, Marisol. Glad to be back together for another exciting installment. Season four, plugging along. Last episode with Becky got a lot of wonderful feedback. Everyone was really excited for her graduating with her husband in Rochette. And I heard a lot of great things about it. So I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited about season four. And I remember I told you I was going to use Becky as part of our marketing campaign. Well, I don't know if you've seen one of the QMLs yet, but we actually took a snippet from her interview and made it into a little commercial that we ran during our Qualphone Mission Leader training this past awesome. week. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And you're heading to Guyana? I am heading for Guyana this weekend. I'll be there in two weeks, and it will be my first time being there since before the pandemic. So it's been a few years, and I'm very much looking forward to being there. But you are going somewhere, too, not on work. Your your yeah. your <laughs> trip is for fun. Well, mine will be fun, too, but, but you will be off the clock. Tell us where you're going. I am heading to Iceland wow. in less than a week. That is awesome. A week yesterday. <laughs> now, that's not a place that I think of for vacation destination, but Iceland is beautiful from everything I've heard. Well, it's a big birthday for me, mm-hmm. and I traditionally don't do birthdays well, so <laughs> my thoughts <laughs> Was let me go as far away as possible. All right. <laughs> to, to celebrate. No, no, I'm kidding. I've always wanted to go. It, it's been on my bucket list. So I'm my um, partner and I are are heading out, and awesome. we're going to be there for seven fun-filled days of Icelandic adventures. That sounds great. And you know what? Speaking of being places that are kind of off the beaten path. <laughs> I believe our guest is joining us from one of those places. Our guest today is Brian Hadley. And Brian, we're going to give you a chance to tell us all about your role here and what you do. But first, you have to tell us where you're joining us from today. Happy to do so. So I am on Lake Jokasi, which is so far upstate in South Carolina, you're practically in either North Carolina or Georgia (laughs) at any given moment. There is no path ever. There's no beaten path. There's, There's just no path when you get up here. It is such a wonderful place to be. If you work in sales at Qualphone, your mentality is proper for what I experienced this morning <laughs> when I woke up to, to have the morning coffee and we had a bear on the patio. Nice. In, in most places within Qualphone, if you see a bear, you're, you're going to run away from the bear. <laughs> but the sales mentality at Qualphone is we chase the bear. The bear doesn't chase <laughs> us. This is... This, Look, I've rented this house this week, right? The bear has no right to my patio. I had to chase the bear away. Now, 
Chasing the bear also re- involves throwing treats that the bear likes in the direction that the bear wanted to run anyway. So the good news is uh, the bear is no longer an issue here at Lake Jokasi. It is absolutely beautiful, and I'm grateful to be here, and I'm really grateful to be hanging out with you two. Well, and no Thank one was you. no one was harmed in the whole bear incident. No, it no like. one, okay. including the bear, Good. including the bear who is enjoying a uh, Little Debbie oatmeal cream pie Good. and uh, everything. <clears throat> I got to finish my coffee, so everything went just fine. <laughs> We're happy to hear that. Do you remember <laughs> there's actually a qualifier? Gosh, I don't remember. I think it was in the Philippines. We were we got in the paper Oh my gosh! I want to say it was like a mountain lion in that, a tree or that something. That was in no, that, that was in Coeur d'Alene. That was in our <laughs> oh, north, okay, north okay. Idaho site. Awesome. Yeah, uh, one of the employees was out on a break and just happened to look up in the big bull pine tree right next to the the break area, and there's a mountain lion about twenty feet up, just sleeping on a branch. And that makes uh, a lot more sense. She slowly backed. <laughs> into the door and ran to uh, Matt Carlton was actually the site director. And so, yeah, the animal control people had to come out and get this uh, cougar out of the tree. That was exciting. So cougars, bears, we, we yeah. have it all covered. That's we attract great. all yeah. kinds. Yes. So right. phone and wildlife go together. That's yes. what I <laughs> You hinted that you were in sales. Could you tell us a little bit about your role, your position, sure. how you ended sure. up at Qualphone? So Dave Drayton and I have been friends since the summer of 1984, if you can imagine that. We went to college together, and we've stayed together on and off. Both of us sold books together door to door. If you've ever heard Dave's story, you know that's an integral part of his life. Dave recruited me to do that, and I went into sales. I've literally done nothing but work in sales, sales management, and sales coaching my entire life. Dave and I started communicating a lot Maybe about five years ago, I, I, w- I went to grad school and I got a graduate degree around organization development and talent development and really got into sales coaching. We started talking a lot there about the changes I was instilling at the company I was at and how I was helping salespeople really figure out what they wanted to do and more importantly, why they wanted to do it. And in November 22, Dave called me and said, what if we were to take this thing that you love to do and we had a place where you could do it all the time? And over the next several months, we figured out how to make that happen. So I joined the company in March. I got a title. I forget what it is, but I'll tell you what I do. I help demand generation figure out how to spread the message of what we do and to create curiosity with potential customers so they want to have meetings with our salespeople. I coach a handful of salespeople and I do some sales training. And then I spend a lot of my time around how can we do things a little bit better, a little bit faster, and have a greater effect on what we're doing. When, when Dave was really recruiting me, because I my last company I was at, I, I had a fantastic year. I was not looking for a job. Dave started sending me episodes of The Mission. Mm. And I, between Christmas and New Year's, I listened to, I think Dave sent me two or three. I went back to the beginning, and in eight days, I listened to every podcast about this mission. And... I called Dave on January 2nd and I said, I'm in, I want to do this. And he said, why? And I said, because I've been enough, I've been involved in enough corporations. Now I want to be involved in a mission. And I've never seen anything like what Qualphone does. So January, we started talking. 
we got it figured out and I started in March. You know wow, what? That's great. Marisol is so excited right now when she hears people talk about <laughs> listening, going back and listening to episodes. So, well, no, no, yeah. actually, I, I yeah. take it back. I got excited when he mentioned how long he's known Dave Drayton because yeah. I want to offer money for any kind of pictures. <laughs> Condolences. That would cause- oh, oh, listen, listen, get that checkbook out, my friend. Get that checkbook out. Well, if, if I just sent you pictures of the vehicles Dave Drayton drove, in the late 80s, it would just, be worth your time and money. I promise you. I just heard 80s and Dave Drayton and <laughs> so much imagery just came to me. Oh. I was like, I want to see oh. pictures. I could totally relate to your story about how Qualphone is different than any other. I mean, I I don't want to sound like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, fanatical, but it's, it is unique, this mission that the chairman consecrated the company sure. to. It's not a story that you hear often. And it's hard to think about going anywhere else that didn't have something like this. Like it would just now oh, be yeah. the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be real hard. It'd be real hard to duplicate. You know, this is what I studied in grad school is corporate cultures and how you create these things. I tell you what, if I had worked at Qualphone while I was in grad school, I would have written every paper around something that I experienced at Qualphone. That's how that's how powerful the experiences are here. And that's how real they are here. There's there's never a setup. There's never a secondary concept. There's never another idea or something, some other motive that we have. It's really about the mission. And that's that's what led to me to be here and also what has created some really cool conversations when we're talking with customers, especially on site visits, and we want to talk about our mission and they're not interested. And that's kind of what started a lot of the dialogue that Dave and I have had lately is we did this fantastic presentation, but when we're when we're doing a, a forensic breakdown of the of the site visit. And we talk about what didn't work. And we had one really, really powerful site visit. It went really well, but they weren't interested in our mission. Mm. And we were we weren't angry, but we were a little flabbergasted. This thing is really important to us and it's phenomenal. Why was it important to the customer? And it was really a challenging question for ourselves. So let me let me ask you. Wait, this. wait, wait. I want to know what happened. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. You can't leave, you can't leave us on a cliffhanger. <laughs> well. Here's the, I'll tell you the first thing that happened is this. We all agreed we will not monetize the mission. At no point in any of our presentations will we ever tell a current or prospective customer, you should do business with us because of this mission, because of this amazing thing we do, regardless of how we package it, either the fact that so many of our employees are going to school for pennies on the dollar or the way we support people when they have difficulty or plan 2040. We will not position ourselves to say, do business with us because of our mission. We will not monetize the mission. We will never say, you know, we're worth 50 cents more an hour, right? We're worth $10,000 more a month because of our mission. We will never do that. But what we do want to do is say, we have this mission. And as a result of our mission, our employees are experiencing the following things. And we've got quite a list of things we put together that our experience, our employees experience. And then we went to the next step and said, okay, so we've got this really cool thing that we're doing and our employees are growing as individual. Our agents are better at what they do and they see a future. What does that mean to the customer? And what we jumped to was 
how does a customer experience the fact that we have a mission? So it's not about the good thing that we do. And it's not about we do this good thing and the people that work for us are getting better. It's really about if you do business with Qualphone, how do you have an experience because of our mission? And we're starting to recognize that our mission does things that create a benefit that we need to share with our customers, whether they're current or new customers. We need to, we want them to know that because of our mission, they're going to have an experience. And here's the deal. Whether you buy into our mission or not, doesn't matter. You're going to get the experience of our mission because it's what we do. Get out of bed in the morning, eat your breakfast, tie your shoes, make the mission a part of what you do. That's awesome. So you have a a long history in sales. You have been focusing on organizational development in your graduate work. So my question for you is, with the background you have in corporate culture, in organizational development, coming from a sales environment, and I mean, you were doing real sales. You were selling books door Mm -hmm. to door, right? So you've Mm -hmm. run the gamut. How do you merge this idea of a healthy culture and organization with what can be kind of that boiler room mentality of a sales organization? I'd love to hear you talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you asked that because it does line up with our mission. I will tell you that in in, uh, the meetings that I have with my team, we start off all of our team meetings with saying, we're here to be the best and we're here to make each person's life better. And we don't do that because we need a mantra or because we we will forget. We do that because we want to make sure we keep our focus on the right things. And one of the things we do as salespeople is we we always start with the why are you here and what are you trying to accomplish? And we get really good at creating real goals for salespeople. But in the process of doing that goals, one of the one of the goal setting questions I ask salespeople is if you hit your goal. Besides you and your family, who will benefit? And it is amazing. We've been going through this goal setting process and they're writing down their answers. They're spitting out their answers and we're going boom, 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 boom. Then we get to that point and we suddenly have to slow down. And it, it I, we don't have to, excuse me. We suddenly slow down because there is such an intensity around that question. How is the work I'm going to do going to benefit somebody besides me? Which allows us to have a question about the difference between trying to be successful and trying to be fruitful. People, especially salespeople that are focused on success, are going to probably earn and they're probably going to obtain some goals and they're probably going to have an experience for themselves. They're also going to get burnt out and they're also going to get tired and they're also going to work alone a lot. Whereas if you start thinking about being fruitful, you start thinking about planting seeds that are going to produce, let's say, fruit for somebody else that you may never meet. But when you start being fruitful instead of successful, then it is so easy to try to do the next great thing, which it happens in sales. And the foundational concept we have to get our arms around is empathy and being able to see the world from your customer's perspective. That's why we can't have a meeting with a customer and keep telling about our mission when they don't care. Mm. We have to be empathetic and say, well, what are they seeing? And if we look at it from their world, What are we seeing and how do we take the mission and help it to support what they're seeing? And that ability to be fruitful and to be empathetic is what allows a salesperson to vigorously apply the mission to the work they're doing. 
Does that make sense or does that sound silly? It makes sense. I never had the thought of how do we explain the mission to potential clients? Like I, I just always assumed it would be the highlight, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> right. but right. obviously it complete when, as you were speaking, it completely makes sense that we we're not trying to monetize. We're not trying to piggyback and market this as something for profit or gain. It's, it's all that comes from a place of servitude and self-sustainability really. So I, I'm thinking of you guys, the sales guys, thinking, oh, I thought you had this, you know, ace in the hole, which is the mission. And now I'm like, oh, man, it is probably really, you'd have to really figure out a creative and innovative way to get them to understand it. It's a hard elevator pitch, I'll tell you. I mean, I know from doing the podcast, it's it's a heavenly concept that we try to bring to earthly realms, yeah. which is really it's, it's difficult to do. I'll, I'll give you an example of how our mission, I think, helps a customer. Uh, I was in, in one of our facilities and I was uh, I wanted to understand what how our call centers work, what they do. It's the first time I'd been at this call center and uh, I was wijacked in listening and we're, we're I'm in between calls. I'm, I'm learning a lot about our, our system and how things work. This agency's young man is really fantastic. And I said, what's your favorite thing about working here? And he said, on Wednesdays, my supervisor gives me four hours off so that I can visit my brother in prison. And I stopped and I said, say that again. He said, well, my brother has been charged with a crime he didn't commit, but he's being held in prison. All of my money goes towards a lawyer to try to get him out of jail. But in order for me to visit him in prison, because of all the requirements to, to get there, visit him and get back again, it takes four hours. My supervisor lets me have four hours off during peak calling time so I can visit my brother. And that that means that he, I mean, he loves working at Qualphone. He's been here about six years. He has a plan for the next four. Because our mission says we want to make this young man's life better, which means giving him four hours off on a Wednesday afternoon, he is completely invested in the work that he's doing. And he actually has got suggestions for the customer for whom he is answering the phone for on how to improve the process. So our customer is benefiting by improvements to the process. They're not paying for that. But why do we get these improvements? Because we've got a young person who's completely engaged, who wants to make this a part of his career, and we're able to support him with this four-hour break on Wednesday afternoons. We wouldn't do that if we didn't have a mission. At least I don't think we would. This is reminding me of the podcast episode we did, Jeremy, with Doug Kearney. Mm -hmm. I think it's the one where the phrase Mission 360 was coined. Mm -hmm. This idea of self-actualization, this idea of improving humanity, you know, this mission of improving people's lives, you know, we want to be the best. We want to be the best vendor and, and vendor of choice. On the other side, every interaction to be a sacred one or a holy one, to really want the best for you, Brian, and want the best for Jeremy. And it's just, it's changing the world. It sounds big and hyperbolic, and but it really is its truest, simplest form trying to change the world. I think so. 
I absolutely think so. And that's 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 kind of where the conversation ended up after we really dug into our mission and we did a pretty good job of articulating how customers are going to experience it. And we're gonna we're gonna make that a part of our site visits here because of our mission. Here's what you're gonna experience. But after we did the heavy lifting and we closed our laptops and we were we were just talking like people that were off work, right? We got our shoes up and we're we're trying to figure out what we're gonna do next. The concept came along of, you know, we've got this great mission. How do we tell more people about it? And again, the the guardrail came up quickly. We're not going to tell people about it as a way of advertising, do business with call phone. We all agreed we won't do that. But what we did think about is, what if we just went out and said, look, we want to tell you about our mission for no other reason than helping you start a mission. We want to give this away. We we're, we don't want to we don't want to put a patent on our mission. And the only way you can do what we do is if you pay us a fee. We're, we don't mm-hmm. want to do that at all. What we want to do is say we have this mission. We're focused on making each person's life better. Let us show you how we do it, and then you might find the capability to say, I want to do that too. And maybe we can figure out a way to work together and help you have a mission within your organization the same way we do. And as we started talking more and more about that and and what could that look like? How would we do that? We do a lot of different webinars for specific groups of customers and we do webinars for our customers. We had a, a really, I had a really fascinating conversation with Roberto Sanchez, and the end result of that is we're going to do a webinar, and and if this goes the way I think it will, we'll be doing a series of these webinars on what it means to be a mission-oriented company, and and what happens to an organization once you develop a mission. So we're going to start on October 4th, and we're going to position ourselves so that we can initially say, here's what's in it. Here's what happens, right? If you do a mission, here's what you could expect to be different within your organization. Because we want people to know there are some really phenomenal things that will happen to you if you have a mission and you're a mission-oriented company. So Roberto and Alfonso and I are going to put this together. I have the easy work. I just have to set the whole thing up and invite the people. And uh, Roberto and Alfonso, they're going to do the heavy lifting and talk about how we've done it. And I, my hope and my prayer is that we're going to motivate other people. So they're going to look at what we're doing and say, you know what? We need to give this thing a try. I think what they're doing over there at Qualfoam might make sense. That's great. I hear the passion. I feel the passion. You love what you do. I would like to ask you specifically, what's your favorite part about your job? What is it that makes you excited to come to work every day? Oh, man. Gosh, that's a, that's a long list of things. Let me pick out just, just two or three. The, the first one would be being able to do a coaching session around a particular skill. And, and having a salesperson say two things. The first one is, man, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Because a lot of salespeople think, even the great ones think, yeah, I know what I'm doing already. But to have them reach that moment where they think, this is harder than I thought. And then have them do that second thing, which is, if I learn how to do this better, my life's going to get better. So when we when I teach salespeople around selling with empathy, initially they're like, what are we going to do? Hold hands and sing kumbaya, make s'mores. But as we dig into the power of empathy and what happens when you really are able to see things from somebody else's perspective, you can work faster, you can work smarter, and you can work with greater accuracy. So there's that training thing. I love that. And then there's the coaching thing. Uh, I got a call yesterday from a woman who said, and we were, we were talking about a struggle she was having and what she needed to do different in this team that she manages. And the call ended with her saying, I don't have anybody else that I can talk to like this. 
And that is such a motivation for me to get up out of bed every day and position myself so I can take that call. Because some of the struggles we're going through politically and socially right now, these things can be really, really hard to figure out what's the next right thing. Mm-hmm. But in a company like Qualphone, where dignity is such a important, I mean, it's just in the fabric of what we do, we're going to use grace and compassion as a means of finding the next right thing, even when it's hard. And what this woman needs to do next is going to be hard. It's going to be a challenge. And yet I have every reason to think that she's committed to doing it because she called me and asked for help. Love that part of my job. Okay, I'm going to ask you one more. You guys got a lot of questions. I know. know So, well, what do you have against (laughs) s'mores, Brian? What's wrong with s'mores? I was going to say, were you with Dave Drayton? Let me tell you what Dave Drayton would say. S'mores are treating yourself. We don't treat ourselves in sales or call phone. There's no treats. We're not having any treats here in sales. So, you could have, listen, you you could have water. It can't be cold water. (laughs) Room temperature. Okay, so here's a question. And I'm, and I'm going back to your background in organizational development. If you look at much of the performance training that you see, right, whether it's sales, whatever, I, and this is something I've seen over the years, is it is often focused on gaps, right? We find where Brian's weak and let's focus on, let's beat these weaknesses out of Brian, right? versus mm-hmm. versus the appreciative inquiry approach, right? Where we focus on Brian's yeah. strengths instead. I would love to hear your thoughts as a coach. How much do you, ba- what's the balance between gaps and between strengths when you're coaching yeah. someone? So you start, you got to start with the why so much of performance training is around how it's about skills and and tactics and i those things those strategies are really really important but first we have to come up with the why are you wanting to do this so one of the salespeople i work with loves sundance music festival and he his goal is to get to sundance music festival he's got to make some changes and the way he's communicating right now in order to create to, in order to have compelling conversations with our customers it's frustrating it's hard and it's difficult we end every call together with a a screen share of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in Sun City, Utah, because that's where he wants to stay when he goes to the Sundance Music Festival. Wow. Because we have that why, we're able to figure out the how. Now, the next part of that has to be if you're dealing with adults and when you're when you're trying to create change with adults, you don't try to create change with adults that don't want to learn, that don't have a reason to learn. Adults have to have a vested interest and and have to want to be a part of this. So once we've got that part figured out, we can focus on the changes that need to be made. But we will first figure out the why and we'll make sure that we understand all of our assets before we start to look at our liabilities. I love that. It's called solution focused coaching. Yes. And that's that's no, what that's... I, I really, really put my time into in grad school. I don't want to talk about your problems. I'm not mean, but I am not here to talk about the fact that your mother didn't get you the right Halloween costume. That happened. <laughs> what I want to talk about is what's the solution? What's your goal? How are you going to get there? How can you get one or two percent better one month over the next? Because if you can grow just at one or two percent. One month over the next, at the end of the year, you will have driven, you will have grown 12%. If you can grow 12% a year, you will double your output every six years. Mm. 
So I look for what the goal is and what are the small things that we can do to move closer to that goal. And I do that with integrity. I do it with compassion and mercy and grace. Otherwise, it doesn't work for me. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and sharing your wisdom and inspiring us all to be (laughs) the best versions of ourselves. So do you have any ending thoughts that you wanted to share with the audience? I would ask you, as you think about your company's mission, whether you're within or without of Qualphone, if you're able to articulate what it is and then articulate what's going to happen after you focused on that mission, what's the result going to be? It is amazing the obstacles that you can overcome if you're truly focused on the outcome of that mission. And the the little, the stumbling blocks that show up around different types of people and different religions and politics and sexual orientation, all of these stumbling blocks, we can get over them in a really healthy way if we're focused on what the outcome is going to be and how great our mission can make the world for people around us. That was so much fun. I really enjoyed that conversation. He had so much, so many smart things to say about the culture and the mission. And I had never really given much thought to how we convert the mission to our clients. Like I, I, maybe in passing, I thought, yes, it would be great if we could use the podcast to get a client. Like I, I've had that intention and thought, but I, I'd never really thought about when they, when our sales reps are out there pitching us and and asking for business, how they have to navigate not corrupting the mission and right. not you know making it something a sales not sacred a, or holy yeah, yeah. a sales uh, uh, ploy. tool yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah they have to navigate that and. Um, Hopefully they can use our podcast to assist in that endeavor. And and I think you hear it when you talk to Brian, you hear it when you talk to Dave, any of the folks that are in our sales and marketing group, they do such a great job. You know, obviously their role is super important to to generate new business and and find new clients. But when you hear from someone like Brian, you just you feel good about your company because you know that 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 aspect of the business is in good hands. Uh, mm-hmm. They believe the mission. It's important to them that to, to your point, they're not going to corrupt the mission, right? They're not going to be trying to, they're, they're very respectful of the mission. And I appreciate that. That was a great conversation. I really enjoyed talking. To yeah, Brian. I really, I enjoyed that. And I think I, I, our sales team is absolutely killing it. And I, I feels like I'm not in that department, but it feels like, Dave has just built this really cohesive, warm, fun-loving, motivating each other, which I say, you hear in my tone, like (laughs) questioning, because that's not the norm in experiences I've had with sales departments. Usually there's this like competitive vibe of like who's closing deals and who's getting attention and contracts and so on. And I don't get that sense at all within this organization. It's such a, you know, cooperative team building, motivational, they have motivational. And Brian sounds very like I was when he was talking, I'm like, well, not that I'm looking for a replacement, but if I needed to find a replacement, he would step right into the podcast. Come right into the podcast. That's right. Right into the podcast. So we have some talented people in this company. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And so, Marisol, yes. good luck on your trip. And, Thank you. You know, when people hear this, you'll probably already be back from your trip. But I'm just want to go on record that I'm wishing you <laughs> a great time on your trip. So. Thank you. I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to it. I am. I will be listening to podcasts, and you can listen to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts: Spotify, Anchor, Apple. Just make sure you subscribe so you get a notification when we upload a new episode. And with that, here's your weekly reminder to be the best and make each person's life better. Thanks, Marisol. Bye, Jeremy. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mission Qualphone. Remember, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe. And we'll see you next time on Mission Qualphone.